you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On NFL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On NFL Pods. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On NFL, a huge Slate of games in week five, some crazy outcomes, and of course, some late breaking news, some major catastrophic injury news to get to as well on the show today. So we are going to dive right in. Today's show is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol to tap and pay with contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa. Everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. All right, it was that kind of week where you look at the slate of games and you say, well, what are we going to have here? Are we, is, is anything going to be entertaining? Is there going to be anything for us to talk about on Monday? And it turned out we have a ton to talk about, not just because we had stuff that surprised us. We saw Derek Carr outduel Patrick Mahomes. That's, I would say, on the list of things that could happen in an NFL game, pretty surprising. We saw the Carolina Panthers go in and, and beat the Atlanta Falcons. It costs Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov his job. And there were some, some more normal things. The Seahawks played a ridiculous, crazy game. That's what they do. And we saw some wildly abnormal things like... The Miami Dolphins dismantle the San Francisco 49ers 43-17. Jimmy Garoppolo gets benched. That was a lot of craziness. And before any of that, we woke up Sunday morning to the news that Patriots-Broncos was getting pushed because of another positive COVID test. There's a game tonight, Saints-Chargers. A game tomorrow, Bills-Titans, presumably that game is going forward. Of course, that one is also one that has been pushed because of positive COVID tests. So an absolutely loaded slate of not just games, but stories to get to here. We had late breaking news on Sunday night. Adam Schefter reporting that the Atlanta Falcons are moving on from essentially the entire Current administration, Thomas Dimitrov, the GM, and Dan Quinn are out in Atlanta. So I sent out the bat signal. Host of Locked on Falcons, Aaron Freeman, joining me now. And Aaron, I I can't say this is a surprise, but what was your first reaction when you saw the news that this was the decision that was made? Well, we heard earlier in the day from Jeff Schultz of The Athletic that the move to fire Dan Quinn kind of was already um, underway, hadn't been sort of officially finalized. Uh, Then a few hours later, it became official. So sort of had a little bit of leeway before the sort of breaking news that most of the people saw 
across uh, their Twitter feeds and uh, other news services late on Sunday evening in regards to Dan Quinn. Thomas Dimitrov's dismissal was a little bit of a surprise given sort of the quick turnaround Um, on that. You would think that he would have an opportunity to at least stick around to the end of the season since there's necessarily not any great sense of urgency to uh, uh, replace him uh, before the end of the season. So all that to say, my initial reaction, as you say, Peter, not a major surprise given the Falcons' slow start. It seemed like this was inevitable. It seemed like last year for a large portion of the season, it was inevitable. Had you asked me uh, late in the season, what were the odds that Dan Quinn was going to come back? I would have said there was a one in a thousand chance. Uh, and then like the next day, Arthur Blank announced that he was coming back for 2020. So it was a surprise for me back then that he would be retained this year. And given the slow start that they had this year, not a surprise at all that the Falcons decided to move on. And so I think the, the most odd, obvious question is where do they go from here? And this is a team that is winless on the season. Uh, 0-5 is is clearly the the main reason that Dan Quinn and and Thomas Dimitrov are out in the way that they are. So now what, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. I think the real big question that it's at least has been sort of slowly creeping up for the Falcons in terms of what direction they're going to go into really sort of centers on the quarterback position. Matt Ryan had his third consecutive lackluster game, had a uh, critical interception in the end zone that would have potentially tied the game 2020 late in the uh, midway through the fourth quarter against Carolina this past Sunday. Peter, you firsthand saw Matt Ryan's kind of struggle in that Packer game on Monday night the week before. Mm-hmm. He did struggle uh, in, late in the Bears game and, and was instrumental in the Falcons offense stagnating late in that game that prevented them from building upon their lead that led to that late game collapse in addition to the defensive breakdowns. If Matt Ryan doesn't sort of get out of this funk, uh, there's going to be a lot more questions about whether or not he's the guy. I don't necessarily think the Falcons, from a salary cap standpoint, can really afford to move on from Matt Ryan unless someone comes in and and blows them away with a trade offer to the point where they'll be willing to eat the $44 million in dead money that they would have to eat next year. Um, So I think really the question is going to be if Matt Ryan doesn't really start to play better the the remainder of the season, the question is going to be if the Falcons wind up having a high pick, are they going to look to draft his heir apparent or are they going to be willing with a new coaching staff, a new general manager to sort of tie themselves over to a Matt Ryan that I think will be 36 going into 2021 and be committed without having sort of a backup option and heir apparent on the roster, which they currently do not have. So that to me is the main unanswered question that's going to have to be addressed over the remainder of this 2020 season. Obviously, the other big question is going to be who's going to be the next head coach. Uh, But obviously, that's not going to be resolved until, you know, several months from now after the season. So if you were in charge, how would you handle this situation? I mean, the, the GM thing, obviously you want to hire a capable GM, but if you're looking at, okay, you want to marry, you know, the future of your franchise at the coaching position with the quarterback, are you sticking with Matt Ryan? Are you going the the blow it up route, the Justin Field, the Trevor Lawrence, the Trey Lances of the world and trying to find that next guy? What is the move here? Because I think this is a team that does have some talent, but they're further away than 
I think we thought coming into the season. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think with a revamp of their offense, I, I like I don't think Matt Ryan is washed by any means. He's done by any means. I think he still could be a top 10 quarterback in this league, but they need better play calling and they're just not getting it from Dirk Cutter. So I'm optimistic that they can sort of turn things around with Matt Ryan and sort of similar to a situation with Drew Brees when the Chargers moved on from him and drafted Phillip Rivers with a top five pick back in 04. And then they continued to be very successful uh, with Drew Brees over the next two seasons until ultimately he got hurt. That sure. prompted them to to turn the page to and hand the keys over to Phillip Rivers. Right now, I guess for me, I, I'm sort of in a wait and see mode. I, I think if the Falcons wind up getting the number one pick, who is presumably going to be Trevor Lawrence, I, I think at that point you kind of have to pull the trigger on that. Or hopefully maybe you can get someone to give you like four first round picks to trade up for you and then maybe you can sit there and say hey four first round picks plus matt ryan is something that we can really uh extend this sort of window uh moving forward um i'm not quite sold on guys like justin fields and trey lance quite yet uh obviously they you know we don't we won't see much more of trey lance this season but uh we we should get an opportunity to see justin fields to see what he can do and right now i'm kind of leaning more towards keep matt ryan if, if one of these young quarterbacks you really fall in love with, draft him. By no, by no means, don't pass on a, fran- a potential franchise quarterback. But at this point in time, I think sort of completely blowing it up and, and turning the page on Matt Ryan fully and, and going with one of these young quarterbacks, unless it's Trevor Lawrence and you have that number one pick, I would be very reluctant to do that just because I'm not fully sold on whether or not guys like Fields and Lance are, are going to be the true franchise quarterbacks in this league uh, in years to come. Aaron, because I know this was shocking and surprising and and because I'm a friend, I'm not going to point out the two successful head coaches that were on this roster that could be coaching the Atlanta Falcons right now. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm not going to do that because I just don't think it would be fair. Um, I, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, when when and if the, the Falcons do make a hire, I can't wait to have you back on to, to talk about it some more. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And I uh, appreciate you for not bringing that up. I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> think about that, um, you know, without you bringing it up. And so I'm, I'm very appreciative that you did not raise that. I would, and and I, I would definitely won't bring up any scores of the Super Bowl. I just I won't do it. It's not it wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. OK, I appreciate that, Peter. You're, you're a great friend to me <laughs> and Lockdown Falcons, as well as a great host on the Lockdown NFL podcast. Before we move on, let's talk again about our friends at Visa. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities, whether they're your corner stores, your coffee spots or your favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by our name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol to tap and pay for contactless Visa to help support our community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. 
Unfortunately, one of the indelible images from week five is going to be the face Dak Prescott made as he's being carted off the field after suffering a, a significant ankle injury. Uh, he had surgery on that ankle, and uh, it looks like he's going to be out for the foreseeable future. Joining me now, Marcus Mosher, co-host of Locked on Cowboys. And, and Marcus, this is gutting for a player who is very easy to cheer for, even if you're not a Cowboys fan. And I have to imagine this takes a lot of the shine off of what was a really exciting season, at least coming in. It, it, it just it sucks. There's really no other way to say it. Yeah, as that game was going on, Peter, um, I, I couldn't think of a more meaningless win for the Cowboys. Right. The Cowboys go down, they kick a game winning field goal yeah. to beat the Giants to go up. You know, they're, they're leading the division after five games. And that's like the last thing that we're thinking about, right? Yep. It's just, it, it's so unfortunate because you mentioned it. Prescott is so easy to root for. He's the heart and soul of this team. Um, you know, he he's the reason why this team is so much fun, right? You know, every game they've played in this year uh, has come down to the last possession. Uh, and it's because of how fantastic Prescott was. And to see him, you know, being carted off the field with tears in his eyes, mm. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm trying not to tear up right now talking about it because that's just how significant of an injury it is uh, to the Cowboys, to Prescott, and their fan base. Honestly, Marcus, I got chills just hearing you talk about it. I really like it. It is one of those that to see a star go down like this, you know, it means so much to him. And he is not just the heartbeat of that team, but the most important player on that team. Uh, we can we can get to some of the future implications in a second, but I think for the Cowboys, you mentioned they're leading the NFC East still. This is still a very talented offensive team. Uh, they have Andy Dalton, who is a capable qu- quarterback. Where do they go from here? Yeah, it's tricky because you're right. They do have a lot of talent on offense. They probably have the best trio of receivers in the league. Um, yeah. But my worry is, if this was a you know a healthy Cowboys offensive line and it was Andy Dalton, okay, maybe they can get to eight or nine wins. But playing with two undrafted free agent tackles because of the Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins injury, uh, because of Joe Looney being out at center, they're playing with a fourth round pick uh, there in Tyler Biotish. So it's just not a good offensive line. And we've seen throughout history that when Andy Dalton's you know offensive line in front of him is subpar, he tends to play like a subpar quarterback. So on a team that needs their offense to score 31, 34, 37 points a game to have a chance. It just doesn't feel like things are going to be sustainable at all without Prescott on the field. Yeah. And so then what, what is the approach that you take? I mean, you still want to go try and win the East. I assume it's not like they're going to go out and, and, you know, tank for Trevor, but that approach has to be tied to how the Cowboys want to handle Dak Prescott moving forward. And I know there's going to be plenty of time for for you and, and for Landon on Locked on Cowboys to talk about this and, and how the Cowboys are going to handle the offseason and Dak Prescott. But it really is tied to how you want to deal with the rest of these games based on the decision you want to make about the, the future of Dak Prescott as a Dallas Cowboy, right? Yeah, um, let me start with this. There's a lot of people on Twitter um, we're not going to mention the names, but you know who we're talking about that are crushing Dak for not signing a long-term deal. Right. Um, let's absolutely not do that. Please, please, let's right. not do that. Do not do that. Uh, Prescott was <laughs> no, exactly. Prescott was on pace to have not just a great season, but a, an historic season. An all-time and you can see why season. he yep. decided. Yeah, exactly. You can see why he decided to bet on himself. It's just a freak injury. Um, I 
again, long term, as long as Prescott is healthy enough to play, and I think he eventually will be, the Cowboys want him in Dallas. He wants to be here. They'll figure things out. As for their mentality for this season, Mike McCarthy wants to win games. Yep. He's a no-excuse kind of guy. We've seen him before when Aaron Rodgers has gone down in the past in Green Bay. They figured out ways to win with Matt Flynn and Scott Tolzien. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt that he's going to want to go out there and compete. So Brett Hundley. Uh, it, it sucks for – yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, they're going to go out and they're going to play their best that they can. They've still got to evaluate a lot of guys. Again, they've got a lot of young people on both sides of the ball. Um, expect them – I don't expect them to tank at all. This is going to be a team that's going to try to be competitive throughout the season. If this were a non-COVID season, I would uh, think long and hard about calling Brian Gutekinds about Tim Boyle because I think he's a very sure. talented backup quarterback. Um, I have not always thought that, but um, he has sort of proven me wrong on that, and, and he knows Mike McCarthy's system. Just to get another body in there, a capable guy who could go in and, and win you some games, it it is – it is just a, a, a difficult situation for them to be in. But to your point, Mike McCarthy, I mean, he is famous in Green Bay. He, he quotes like, we're nobody's underdog. I mean, they went in and beat Dallas with Matt Flynn. Oh, yeah. Coming back from, I mean, what was it, 20 down in Dallas? Uh, yeah, well, a 37-36 win in Dallas. I remember that one very well. Thank you for bringing well, it up. Well, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do it to hurt you, I promise. I know you're going through enough no, right now. But that's... That's a great point, though, right? I mean, he, that's a, a example of on the road against a good Dallas team. Yep. You know, they they weren't backing down. They scored, I think, on five uh, five touchdown possessions in the second half in that game. So, again, Mike McCarthy is going to have this team uh, ready to play. We'll see how effective they are. They've got a brutal schedule coming up over the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they play the Cardinals on Monday night. They've got games with the Steelers and the Ravens and the 49ers coming up. But I'll bet that McCarthy has this team competitive and ready to go. Am I crazy for thinking that they're still the best team in the NFC East with Andy Dalton at quarterback? I mean, to say anybody's talented or the best team in that division, I mean, well, by, by definition, someone has to be the best, right? I mean, <laughs> right, right. Um, I mean, I don't know. You, I, I have a feeling that Philadelphia will eventually figure out what's going on with Carson Wentz, but again. Their offensive line isn't really in any better shape than Dallas's, nope. so who knows? Uh, I mean, and the receiver is man, a mess. I mean, Travis Fulham yeah, is re- doing stuff, I guess. Yeah, it really feels like seven wins is probably going to win that division. So, are you telling I me, mean, can, can Andy Dalton and the Cowboys go, or can they win five of their next however many games? I, I mean, it's, it's not impossible, right? I mean, they still get to play the rest of the division. So, that's that's the easiest path to getting there, I suppose. Marcus, uh, I appreciate you taking the time, uh, and uh, this is this is something that no one wants to see. I wish we were talking about a, a great, what was genuinely a thrilling final drive for the Cowboys to win, uh, and unfortunately, this is just going to to cloud all that stuff. Yeah, and uh, I agree, Peter. But um, let's for Cowboy fans out there, knowing Dak Prescott uh, and how he's come back through a bunch of trials in his life, I think we can all we're all going to bet on him to come back stronger and better in 2021. So take solace in that uh, the, the Cowboys have an absolute star at quarterback who I can guarantee you is going to be better next season. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it, Marcus. Yep, thanks, Peter. We've now said the upset of the week sprung by the Las Vegas Raiders twice this NFL season. The Raiders first took down the Saints a few weeks ago, and then on Sunday, they lit the Kansas City Chiefs defense up. 
and it was too much for even Patrick Mahomes to overcome. Las Vegas gets the win 40-32 to to help me break it all down. Your boy Q from Locked On Raiders. What's up, Q? Hey, what's happening? It's always fun to talk about a Raiders game after a big victory, especially over an opponent like the Kansas City Chiefs. It, it is really startling to see the Chiefs not be able to outscore someone, but that's how good the Raiders were. Derek Carr was excellent, and it seems like they're they're playing a little bit with a chip on their shoulder this season. Like, okay, everyone said we were bad last year. There's this John Gruden. Oh, is, is this for real or is this a joke? But... They looked, at least to my eyes, through the first month plus of the season, they look like a really dangerous team. Yeah, offensively, they they really, I feel like they can compete pretty much with anybody. Uh, they have a strong run game. They have a very strong offensive line. And Derek Carr could throw it around the yard, regardless of what a lot of people think. He can throw the ball around the yard, has some weapons out there, and Darren Waller, the big-time tight end. But Henry Ruggs, the first-round pick, he's a speedster, man, and speed kills. It's something you can't teach. And uh, I think that that was a, a major factor. Both Trent Brown, uh, he came back, and Henry Ruggs returned for the game against Kansas City. Uh, Trent Brown, the right tackle, hadn't played more than three snaps all season long. He played three snaps in the opening game against Carolina and was out with a calf injury the rest of the time. And so he came back, and you show you could see what he was able to do to kind of solidify that offensive line. But the speed of Henry Ruggs was a killer. Uh, it was something that the Kansas City Chiefs had to pay attention to, and they still got burned by it on a long touchdown pass from Derek Carr to, to Ruggs. And, uh, yeah, it's just something that about it, man. If you have your guys out there, your weapons out there, uh, you have a quarterback that can get it done. Is he Patrick Mahomes? No. But Derek Carr, he can compete. He can win games in the National Football League, and he showed that on Sunday. And by the way, outplayed Patrick Mahomes on Sunday, and, and, and no question about it. Yeah, you you look down at the line with for Henry Ruggs, two catches, 118 yards. I mean, right. that, that's, that's craziness, and it, it's somewhat appropriate that he's doing it against the Chiefs team where he's playing against the guy who has been the comp for him all along, Tyreek Hill. And I'm sure that games against the Chiefs were very much on the Raiders' mind when they took someone like Henry Ruggs. Without a doubt, when they really constructed this team, uh, what they've been doing from since 2019 and 2020, it's really been with the vision of how to defeat the Kansas City Chiefs, how to have enough weapons to defeat Kansas City. John Gruden has said it, and Mark Davis, the owner, has said it as well. They needed speed. They needed to add their own version of Tyreek Hill. Matter of fact, Mark Davis went as far as saying the Raiders haven't had speed like that since Cliff Branch. And, I mean, that's that's a, that's a big-time compliment right there. Anytime you put a guy's name in there with Cliff Branch, who's won three Super Bowls or won three Super Bowls with the Raiders, uh, that's big time right there. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's something that, again, you just can't teach it. You got to have it, and you got to know how to use it. And that was a question that a lot of people had for John Gruden uh, when they drafted him was, well, well how is he going to use him? Because he's a pretty conservative guy, uh, likes to run the ball, short passes. Is he going to uh, you know air it out? Well, Derek Carr, like you mentioned, he aired it out on Sunday against the Chiefs. Uh, had a lot of uh, nice down downfield uh, shots. Nelson Aguilar came up with a big catch. Got a uh, Derek Carr, not Derek Carr, uh, um, Hunter Renfro. Obviously, Henry Ruggs. I mean, there was there was multiple guys that came up with big time uh, catches far down the field. So uh, Derek Carr, he, he's hearing all the, the thoughts and all the whispers from people saying that he can't do this, he can't do that. Uh, all he did is go out there on Sunday and, and win a game. And and I mentioned this to you off air. When, when you look at the first five games of this schedule, at Carolina, New Orleans, at New England, Buffalo, at Kansas City, and they're 3-2 and two in that stretch. That Carolina win in week one looks even better than it, than it did at the time. Uh, you get that 10-point win against the Saints, and then the only two losses are to two teams that 
at least at the time, you know, we don't know what the deal is with Cam Newton moving forward, but those look like playoff teams. So to, to be three and two, you know, heading into your bye week and some some really winnable games coming up, especially at the end of the season, uh, the Raiders look like they're the kind of team that that could give, look, the Chiefs uh, a run for their money in the playoffs. We just saw it. Yeah, no, we really have. And the thing about it is, you know, with the expanded playoffs in 2020, I've been going into the season believing that the Raiders are a team that should be competing for at least that final wild card spot. And I still believe even with the win over the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs are probably still going to win the division. I don't think that's going out on a limb just because they're that stinking good. And look, I mean, you got to go out there and play the games. You never know what could happen. Uh, I still think they're the favorite in the AFC West, but I just think that the Raiders proved on Sunday that they can compete with pretty much anybody. You know, they, they really did well against the Patriots in the first half and just couldn't get their offense clicking. And then the second half, it was just out of control, and, well, they lost the game. Buffalo, they were really in it towards the end. I mean, there's they really ha- have done a good job throughout the season showing that they're a good team and a lot better team uh, than a lot of people expected. And, and again, like you said, man, going into the bye week at 3-2 and two with the schedule that they've had, uh, you can't get upset about that at all. You, you as, a, as a Raider fan, have to be as thrilled as possible knowing that the schedule gets a little bit looser, gets a little bit uh, lighter down the stretch. You know, again, all these teams are going to be tough. It's hard to win an NFL game, but you still got to feel good about the direction that your team is going, uh, sitting at three and two going into the bye. And this is a good win to have and to be able to go into the bye and kind of soak it in for about a week. Well, and, and in, a, in a year where the AFC looks open, and you just beat the team that everyone assumed is going to be, you know, if not the Super Bowl team from the AFC, the, the AFC championship uh, kind of team that's going to be in that game. The Raiders have to be saying, why not us? Because they they show that they can hang with some of these teams. I said this on Twitter. They beat the Chiefs and they beat the Saints, the most popular preseason Super Bowl picks of anyone, I think. So... I think that says a lot about the quality of this football team. Q, I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Anytime I get a chance to hop on with you, man, you know I'm always down. I appreciate you having me on. You're the best, Q. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, before we finish up, I want to talk to you about Roman. It can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. You can brush it off. You can blame yourself. But Roman is here to help you get the advice you want and the help you need without shame. There are no more excuses. You don't have to feel ashamed because you can have someone that you can talk to about this, someone who can help you. A healthy life includes a healthy sex life. But if you struggle with ED, you may not feel like your best self. Roman connects you with a real licensed healthcare professional who can prescribe the medicine you may need. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and most of all privacy of your home. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash locked on and complete an online visit. If you do need medical care, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. Just go to roman.com slash locked on to get $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's roman.com slash locked on. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And right now, they're adding flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple, almond, crisp, and that's with an already loaded lineup. Things like peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and you're thinking, oh, those sound delicious. 
how many calories. Well, here's the cool thing. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. So you don't have to feel like you're cheating when you have something delicious. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. It used to be 10%, now it's 20%. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's 20% off using promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. It's really unfortunate how much time we've had to spend talking about games not being played on Sundays. And again, we saw this happen with the Broncos game. Joining me now, Adam Schefter. Oh, sorry, Cody Rourke, host of Locked on Broncos, is here to to walk us through everything that happened. Can you just start, Cody, uh, with a timeline of of the events? Because this was really a a bizarre thing that, that broke late. Yeah, the Denver Broncos originally this past week, they were scheduled to play on Sunday, and then Thursday comes around the NFL rules. There's just another positive test, and they're not quite certain about everything. So they wanted to move it all the way to Monday and give players and give everybody the right opportunity to give the Patriots some time to get on the practice field. Sunday morning, it's 6.45 a.m. on the Mountain Time Zone, and all of a sudden the NFL announces that they have moved the game to next Sunday, and they would be going forward at, at some point of explaining what the process would be, what schedule changes would take place. The Broncos, they were getting ready. I mean, they were just about an hour away from boarding the team plane to fly to Foxborough on Sunday morning, and then the news broke, and so here we are. Now the Broncos must now wait until this next Sunday to play the New England Patriots. I myself, I wish the NFL, they had an easier contingency plan, in my opinion. You just reschedule this game later on down the road, and you proceed with week six where they're scheduled to play the Miami Dolphins. I just don't see why the NFL had to shuffle uh, uh, more than just the Broncos and the Patriots schedules. Multiple teams altogether are now impacted by this change. Yeah, it does seem like the, the smart decision here is to add a week 18, maybe even a week 19, and say these are now our buffer zones. And we know they have the, the time in the playoffs to, to make up for this. We know they have uh, hotel rooms booked through February and, and the end. They, they can play the Super Bowl whenever they need to in February for them to be scheduling these games and, and just pushing them back rather than, than rescheduling them. It seems really unfair to a lot of these teams. Uh, unfortunately, the reality is, given the, the structure of the current system, it's either going to be unfair scheduling or no scheduling. Um, and and that's the unfortunate part of this. And and this becomes a bye week for the Broncos, except they didn't get a bye week, Cody. Yeah. The, the, the bye week is as much about uh, letting these guys rest, and they're not going to get a chance to do that. Yeah, and I can tell you this. There's a lot of Broncos players right now that are very unhappy about this, considering the Denver Broncos have been one of the teams that have been, like many other NFL teams, they feel like they've been drastically impacted by injuries, not having a preseason, a, a true OTA program. The Broncos, they played a Thursday night football game last week against the New York Jets about a week and a half ago with the anticipation in mind that they're going to be able to play New England. Everything changed. So Denver last week, they had all the intentions, and that was the intention by the NFL, that the Denver Broncos and New England Patriots were going to play originally yesterday on Sunday. And so Denver, they practiced on Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday. They found out that they were going to push the game to Monday to 3 p.m. Mountain Time. So then they didn't practice Friday. They practiced on Saturday, and then they were told Sunday morning, well, this week was a bye week for you guys. But like you just mentioned, they didn't get any rest. They didn't get to do any of that. And so now the Broncos are in a situation where they just played four consecutive games. Now they're going to have to end up playing 12 consecutive games without a rest, without a true traditional bye week. 
players are not happy. And so really wonder what type of grievances may be filed with the NFLPA, if any. I just know that Broncos players, Melvin Gordon, Justin Simmons, Bradley Chubb, they were not very happy with the NFL's decision to do that. And like I said, I think they could have easily just pushed this game towards the end of the season and then allowed Denver to continue their schedule as planned. But unfortunately, it's going to be tough. The Patriots, and then they host the Kansas City Chiefs, and then they host the Los Angeles Chargers. They just they don't have a break until the end of the season. I do wonder, and, and I'm I'm the, not really a conspiracy theorist on, on this stuff or anything really, but it does strike me that this was the Patriots. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if week five had been Broncos-Dolphins, if the NFL hadn't said, yeah, we're just going to reschedule this. We'll, we'll pick it up later in the year. That's the thing I wonder about, too. But, you know, I also think about it in the same regard. If it was Denver on the other end, they had the positive tests, would they have done it the way that they have? Because the Broncos have already – they've been following protocol, and player that's what players are the most frustrated about is they've been doing their due diligence. They've been doing the right things when they leave the team facility, and all of a sudden they feel like they're negatively impacted or they believe that they're punished by it because of the decision. Right. And the NFL simply – because you, you don't know. And here's my dilemma here, Peter. I think that we're going to get to a point midweek, maybe Wednesday or Thursday, what happens if another New England player tests positive? Are they going to make the Broncos wait yet another week that, to me, I think there's just so much ambiguity right now in how the NFL is handled. I get it, risk mitigation is the emphasis, but in terms of Robin Paul to pay Peter, it doesn't make too much sense to me. I do like the paying Peter part of it, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, we we just don't know where this is going. And, and from week to week, even day to day, I mean, I woke up this morning uh, and I, assuming the Broncos and the Patriots were going to play, and, and that's not happening. The NFL has to come up with some kind of system to make this make more sense because this is not a sustainable solution moving forward. So I'm, I'm anxious to see what, if anything, they're willing to do to, to fix this here. Cody, I appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Peter. And, and look, I think the NFL, they need to add an additional bye week. And I think for everything, maybe there's just yep. one week where every NFL team does not play on a Sunday. Everyone gets a bye week. I think that would be, a, you know, appeasing the players more. But Peter, appreciate you for having me on. I, I, maybe even two by weeks could work. They need to they need to give themselves more of a cushion than they have right now. All right, we're gonna be back tomorrow as we are every week. That's what the Locked On Podcast Network is. We're here for you every day. Uh, Luke Braun and Ross Jackson are with you on your Tuesday show, so we get to enjoy that. And hopefully we can enjoy the games the next few days. Hopefully we can figure out a system that works for everyone moving forward. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast network on Twitter, at Locked on NFL Pods. And be sure to stick with us every day because things change every day. So you need to be as up to date as you possibly can, which means always staying Locked on NFL. Locked on NFL.